Let's get hype. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. It is Minnesota week. Many people, namely me, did not think this game was actually going to happen. But indeed, as of this recording, it is still on the schedule. And so we are going to have a Hypecast for it with a special guest this week. We have Jack Mitchell in from his uh, morning radio duties. Jack, how are you doing? I am uh, I'm doing well, and I'm, uh, I'm glad to be uh, a guest on one of my favorite podcasts, one of my weekly listens. So very excited about this moment. It's really a dream come true for me. Yeah, how do you listen to this podcast without a lawn to mow? It's tough, but I got one of those, uh, I got one of those new Alexa car edition things, and so I can just tell it, you know, hey, Alexa, listen to the, the Hypecast. And it, I usually have to say it like four different ways. And I finally then, uh, then I think, oh, it's talking to me right now in my house. Um, and, and then I get to listen to you guys. So I do it that way. All right. Well, that, uh, that works out well. Of course, Alexa, we have. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm okay now. No, you're good. Of course, we have Brian Christopherson and Michael Brunts as well. The uh, Nebraska-Minnesota game slat, or, you know, slated to be kicked off at uh, 11 a.m. I know it's shocking. Shocking time there. We'll let Jack have the floor on that. How do you feel about these 11 a.m. games? Uh, absolutely. I'm so tired of them. I'm ready for a game where I don't have, you know, I don't have the whole day to mull over it after the day is over. I want to see stadium lights on in a game for once. Um, you know, I want it to be a little more socially acceptable to have an adult beverage during a game. Um, all of those things have come together for my extreme disdain for 11 a.m. games. Who's telling you it's not socially acceptable to have a beer at 11 a.m. on a Saturday? Well, you know, you know, you got you got the kids, you got you know, you got your mom over and all these things, and they're all having coffee and donuts, and you know, you're hammering the bush lights. It just it never looks good. <laughs> just put it in a coffee cup. That's a great idea. It's, it's, I'll try that for the, 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 the game on Saturday. It's the old Larry David thing. You don't know what's in the cup. You're, you're, having, you're having the experience of drinking something out of the cup. What does it matter if it's coffee or tea or bush light? Boy, Jack, you're really slamming that coffee this morning. <laughs> Is that even hot? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good idea. See, this is what the Hypecast does. It, it brings people and ideas together and finds solutions. Uh, and so, you know, we, we've got one right there off the bat. Let's dive into a little bit before we, we turn our, our attention completely to Minnesota. Uh, Jack, what, what stood out to you? Obviously, Nebraska got the win against Purdue, but what, what stood out the most uh, when you think back to last week's game against Purdue and, and how Nebraska played? I think, uh, I think there are three, three quick things that, that, that I came away with from the game. Um, defensively, I, I continue to think that, uh, the Nebraska defensive backfield has been um, underappreciated by me primarily. Um, but but DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Britt, uh, despite giving up a, a decent amount of catches to produce two biggest threats, uh, I thought were, again, solid in coverage. Cam Taylor Britt, of course, had a, a spectacular play. And I think those guys, when Nebraska's defense has played well this year, uh, those guys have been a more integral part of it, I think, than, than people even realize. Uh, and, and, you know, Williams, I think, plays with, with kind of an edge uh, as well. I think that that's added to, to what this defense does. So they were kind of my, my MVP on the defensive side. On the offensive side, two, two things. I thought Adrian Martinez, and maybe you guys can do a better job of quantifying it than I can. 
he looked different. Um, he looked different in the pocket. He looked more patient or calm, or I, I don't even know quite exactly how to describe how to describe it or how that came about. But something looked different about him in a good way, and you can see it on the stat line. And then, last but not least, uh, a couple of times you saw Dedrick Mills get the ball up the middle and run for ten plus yards. That was uh, that was uh, basically a unicorn in the offense for the last several weeks a running back going up the middle and getting, you know, even more than five yards. And I think getting that into the offense, getting that, that element into the offense, the run up the middle really was part of the reason some other things were freed up in ways they haven't been this year. All right. Good stuff there. Last thing, has there been a player that, that has jumped out to you that wasn't on the roster last year or maybe was a redshirt freshman and it hadn't, or a true freshman and hadn't played much. Like, is there a newcomer that has impressed you so far this season? Well, first of all, like half the time they throw a pass to someone, I have no idea who the person catching it is. And so that's always a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, like during the third game of the year, I, I said to my, my daughter who likes to run our computers, I said, can you go please print off a roster for me? Because I do not know who these receivers are. Um, but I would say to answer your question, it's got to be one of those young guys on the defensive line. I think I expected big, pretty big things from Robinson. He had a lot of hype going in. Um, I, I, I expected, um, you know, big things from from some of the Nebraska kids that, that were in there as well. Uh, but but I would say Casey Rogers is the one that I remember hearing you guys talk about when you guys talk about recruiting, uh, talk about his like lacrosse background, and I remembered hearing interviews and and discussions about him. And then I kind of forgot about him last year, but. Him along with, I mean, just that whole young core of the front seven, um, he was probably the most unexpected of me. And, and, and I think Luke Reimer as well. You know, I just – he's contributed in a way I could have never expected that a, a walk-on from North Star we heard a little bit about from last year. Um, so those guys are among a big group, I think, along that, that front seven of, of guys who are going to be here. You know, with another year of el eligibility next year, they're all going to be here till like 2037. So that's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, that's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out, especially with those senior guys, which guys come back and then who might be involved in, in 2021. Moving over to Minnesota, and we're gonna, we'll start with BC on this one. I, I'm curious, how much talk do you think there was within the team or, or at least from the team to the media about not letting what happened after Nebraska won against Penn State happen again? Uh, as, as they move into this game against Minnesota, of course, as people remember, they beat Penn State. They're 17-point favorites against Illinois, and they get absolutely drubbed in a 41-23 loss at home. Did that come up quite a bit this week as, as Nebraska met with the media? And, and do you think that's a real talking point within the team, Brian? Um, yeah, I think a fair amount it is. Diedrich Mills brought it up. I think it's a flashing warning side. Do not go down this road again that uh, – you know, you wish you didn't have to learn that lesson, uh, but it's there and you better take advantage of it. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. This is the real test now. Is it a team that Diedrich Mills said, like, for example, on Sunday and Monday, he could tell guys were back to work and, uh, you know, getting after it probably better than they did uh, the week of the Illinois game. That Illinois game is going to be the spaghetti stain on the shirt um, for this season. It's there. You can't really get it off, but you do need to use it as, as something that you, you gain something from. And so they're trying to, and uh, this is sort of the example of d did that actually happen or not? This is our real first uh, 
uh, look at to see if that that came through. Is that the first time you've used a spaghetti stain on the shirt? No, no, I've used it a couple times this week. I, it, that's the, in fact, as I said it, I was like, that's the last time I can say that because I've used it like three or four times and I might have even wrote it. So I need to, I need to put it away now. So I, I like that, it though because I don't, I don't know that I noticed it before. Uh, and, well, and somebody, somebody else has in this fan base that pays attention to everything. So I, uh, I'm going to put that in a drawer now for till at least uh, 2021. It's like you're like me going to the gas station coin flip line. I think I do that about every podcast now. Yeah, you uh, you really want us to get to that gas station and flip coins. Uh, Brunt's big one is checks all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. You, you know the on. podcast checks the boxes when Brun- or Brunt's drops that line. Yep, this is true. Uh, well, speaking, speaking of Brunt's, Wondell Robinson <laughs> had a really nice game against Purdue. Uh, I, I continue to think that he – has sort of turned a corner, or at least Nebraska's usage of him turned a corner. You can go back to sort of the Illinois game and, and draw a line from there um, following that sort of Penn State game where he had all those carries. What do you think it looks like on Saturday for Wondell Robinson against a team that that isn't particularly good defensively? Do you think that we see similar type numbers that he had against Purdue and, and the way that he was used? I mean, they – they found him on different routes. They found him in different depths of the field. They, they used him in, in, in different ways, even just as a receiver, let alone carrying the ball. What, what do you think it looks like for Wandale on Saturday? I think probably similar to what, they, what we saw against Purdue. I think the, the use was 11 touches, nine catches, two carries. I mean, I think if maybe you had a carry or two more than that, that would be pretty ideal. But, you know, what I liked, and you, you hit on it, was – they, they got him the ball in the passing game in different ways than they have previously. You know, the, it's funny whenever an opponent hits a, a pass play on a, a drag route or something like that over the middle, it's always like, why doesn't Nebraska do that? You know, and, and they finally did that against Purdue where they found him on, on some of those shallow crosses and let him run a little bit, tried to get him in space in different ways besides just the, the quick pass into the flat. So I think it's going to be more of that. Um, you know, I, I think I think the simplifying the offense a little bit has also benefited him and, you know, a little less window dressing and a little just, you know, straight passing, I think, is, is a good thing. And, and, you know, what probably has helped that as well is just Adrian Martinez playing a little bit more confidently um, and, and finding him a little bit more. I, I think that they've really made it an emphasis among the quarterbacks to, to get the ball to Wandale, which – doesn't seem like it should be that difficult, but um, you know, I, I, if you look at his numbers now for this season, um, they're, they're pretty similar to what he did a year ago already, and, and that's a good sign. So, I, I think that's trending in a good direction. We'll see. You know, Minnesota's not a very good defensive team; they, they've shown that uh, repeatedly this season. So, uh, I, I think I, I'm expecting a good game for Wandale against the Gophers. Jack, those that have not listened to you talk much about Nebraska football may not know this, but your, your affinity uh, for the tight end is second to none, especially as it relates to, to Nebraska fans and really the tight end usage. This was, was supposed to be a year where Nebraska really came out and was going to be throwing the ball to the tight ends, and, and Jack Stoll gets hurt a little bit. But Austin Allen has emerged as a guy that, that's kind of a big play specialist, if you will, for Nebraska down the field. I mean, he averages 13.7 yards to catch. He's second, I think, on the team with 206 yards receiving. It's not the tight end usage that I think you probably dreamed of, 
But do you feel like Nebraska is sort of coming along in their use of tight ends over the this season from what we've seen previous years? Oh, no, I think that, yeah, I think the, the, the arrows pointing up, if you will, um, on, on what I'd like to see from, from use of the tight end position. I think it hasn't been, listen, I, and it's not just, you know, the last couple of years, it, it's been over, I don't know, three coaching staffs where the tight end hasn't, hasn't been the weapon that it should be. I still think part of the reason things really didn't work for Bill Callahan in those last few seasons is that offense needed to have a tight end. And, you know, no offense to J.B. Phillips if he's listening right now, but it, that just wasn't the option that they needed it to be in that offense. So, yeah, now the fact that you've got multiple guys who are true regular receiving threats um, in, in Vokalek and Allen and then a couple of other guys that are, that are kind of in the mix as well, and they're, they're being targeted a lot. And part of that is a result of maybe not having as many options at the wide receiver position as you would like to. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, and particularly because of, of Allen, just how unique he is. I'll tell you what, guys, if Austin Allen was on my Madden team, at his size and his position, he'd be getting like 33 targets a game right over the middle. So I'm glad they're not there yet. I obviously would like to see them get there, but they're they're trending in the right direction. Did you so know they, that he's six foot eight? I, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> yes. All right. Last last thing on offense. I'm just going to leave it open to all of you. Anybody weigh in uh, as you like. Ryan Burns from the Minnesota 24/7 site told me on on my radio show earlier this week. The Gophers are allowing nine yards of carry to running backs. How disappointed would you be if Nebraska is not able to take advantage of a Gopher defense that uh, has really struggled to stop the run, especially a team that you, they're going to be without a, a bunch of starters? Should this be a day where Dedrick Mills is able to go out and, and get some yards and Nebraska can move the pile, so to speak, just running the ball in, in a traditional sense? Yes, uh, he should go over 100. And uh, wouldn't it be something if Nebraska won an entire season, even if it is a short sample size, uh, without a running back who hits 100 yards? But if they're going to break through, this is the week to do it. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. That's It's nine yards to carry on 95 rushing attempts by uh, running back opponents of the Gophers. Um, they, they just have trouble getting off blocks. If, if you've watched Minnesota play, uh, they look nothing on defense like they did a season ago. Um, so, yeah, this is a this is a game where you got to say to your O-line that was supposed to be the strength of this team going into the season, you need to own this game. And Dedrick Mills, uh, I think, is kind of motivated now that he's back in the fold to, to do something. So I, I expect him to have a good day. All right, good stuff. All right, so we'll dive to the defensive side of the ball now. Minnesota is certainly a, a good team at, at running the football. Mo Ibrahim, probably the best running back in the Big Ten. That being said, Jack, do you believe in this defense and in what you've seen the last couple of weeks? Nebraska against Iowa, I think it was only 2.9 yards of carry. Nebraska against Purdue, they only had two yards or negative two yards rushing by the end of the game. Do you think that they're ready for a challenge against a guy who's really gotten downhill on a lot of teams? And that's what Minnesota wants to do, even though they've had these good wide receivers their split is predominantly as a, as a run team. Do you, do you think Nebraska carries over the success from the last two weeks against a team that, that wants to just line it up and run? Well, it, it, it's hard to really transfer what happened last week to the analysis of the running game last week because Purdue, frankly, you know, they're, a, they're already a pass-heavy team, and because of the game situation, they had to go way toward the run in that game. And so while those numbers were gaudy and good, 
that alone isn't enough. But I am encouraged with with the the numbers from that Iowa game, um, and, and that's I think more apples to apples comparison here uh, with Minnesota. Also, a uh, not having their main receiving threat anymore as he's opted out, and then b we don't know who else they will have on their offensive line. We don't. I mean, there's a lot we don't know about their personnel on offense right now. And so you put those things together. Uh, I would, uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's where the defense is going to be able to focus uh, at, at this point with Minnesota's passing game, obviously being impacted by personnel and maybe the weather in this game as well. So, yeah, I would, I would um, expect Nebraska to be able to control and, and hope Nebraska be able to control Minnesota's running game. Cause it's not going to be much of a mystery at this point. And, and they've been able to do it uh, before against several teams. Well, one of the things we saw last week, Nebraska was able to get some pressure just up front from some of their primary guys, whether it was Ben Stilley, Casey Rogers, and even Garrett Nelson. For instance, you kind of look at this game with Tanner Morgan, and if they're they're able to uh, to to stop the run a little bit, force Minnesota to throw. What have you seen this year from Nebraska in terms of pass rushing uh, and and the production that they've gotten out of those guys? It, it seems like it it has gone up and down a little bit and they're coming off of another up week like they had against a Purdue team that really doesn't allow a lot of sacks. Yeah, they, they didn't. And, you know, I, I think it, it has been sporadic, but I, I think what the way that Nebraska can have success on Saturday is if you can t- not, maybe not take away, but limit Minnesota's ability to run the ball. Cause they are going to do the RPO stuff that, you know, really puts pressure on the defense. And, and I, I think if you can kind of make them one dimensional, that's where, you know, you can get, get some pressure up front if they have to pass, if you win on first and second down and, and, and force them into third and long. You know, Nebraska's sacks, if you kind of look at what they've done, it hasn't been, you know, guys just kind of breaking through and, and you know, blowing up a play. It's been a lot of good coverage downfield, kind of giving Stilly and Rogers and some of those guys some, some time to work and, and collapse the pocket a little bit. So that's, that's kind of the key to me is – if you can force them into third and long, I think you're going to be able to generate some pressure if you're able to, to kind of cut down the, the options that Minnesota has from a play-calling point of view. And, and like you guys have said, I mean, we don't know, you know, what, what their line is going to look like. And, you know, there, there were some reports that the, the defensive line and the offensive line might have been the groups that were hit a little bit hard by uh, the coronavirus stuff. So um, we'll see. I, I think Nebraska, though, you know, especially up front, probably views the way the game went last year as a bit of a challenge. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see how they bounce back after the win. But uh, if there's any group, I think, that that probably wants to really kind of avenge last year's performance, it's got to be that defensive line because they, they really got shoved around last year. Yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be – that's going to be the, the key kind of component of this is, is what happens up in the trenches. I know that's a well-duh statement in the Big Ten, but certainly against a Minnesota team that I don't think there's any real hidden thing as, as to what they're going to try to do. All right, BC, final thing here on the defensive side of the ball. This is a, a pretty senior-heavy group. They've had a lot of different guys, whether it's Will Honus, JoJo Doman, Men Stilly, Deontay Williams, uh, and then who am I missing? Markel Dismuke, DiCaprio Boodle. I mean, those are the primary guys. Who out of that group do you think has elevated their game the most in the 2020 season? Uh, and is having a strong senior year to kind of cap off their career at Nebraska? 
Probably Will Honus. Uh, you know, Will Honus was a guy who I feel like um, has been inconsistent and I think struggled after he had the knee injury in 2018. I think it lingered with him a little bit last year. And he just looks like a different player. He looks way more sure of himself. He looks a little faster to me. Um, he's a he's a sure tackler. He's become really strong in that part of his game. And, you know, Bruns was mentioning the defensive line getting pushed around last year. But also, Nebraska's second level yeah. had a terrible day. Um, and you might remember Fleck even called out Nebraska's linebackers in his post game, where he said, we felt if we could get them running sideways, their backers wouldn't fit right. And uh, he was right. Nebraska didn't hit their fits at all. And um, remember, that was the game where right afterwards, Scott Frost said, we got pushed around. And then on Monday, he actually said, well, looking at the tape, it wasn't as bad up front as it was actually at the, at the back levels, you know, where guys were just weren't playing their responsibilities. So I use that Honus thing to kind of segue into the middle linebackers have to be on point in this game. And uh, he's got to lead the way, obviously Reimer who is uh, full of energy. He'll occasionally make a mistake, but he makes his mistakes fast. He needs to have a really disciplined game. I think those guys in the middle could be the key as much as anybody. Um, the other answer to your question real quickly is Jojo Doman. Doman has, uh, he's become that more consistent player. And uh, I, if there's one senior that I think you say, I wish that guy would come back for Nebraska in 2021. And I don't know if he will or not, but it would be Jojo Doman would be my pick. All right. I think those are both fair. I, I think a lot of those seniors have played well, but certainly at that second level, Nebraska has improved, and, and we've seen that in the results of, of what they've done on defense so far. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the Hypecast, the oddly specific predictions. As a veteran listener, Jack, I assume you know what you're getting into here, and of course we're, we're going to be pretty excited to see what you bring to the table. Lay it on us. What are you expecting, predicting, guaranteeing happens on Saturday? Well, I'm a little bit Im intimidated knowing that Brunts is going to come up with a pick that will absolutely happen behind me. Um, <laughs> but 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 I'll start things off. Now, the, uh, well, first of all, number one, a preliminary one other than my in-game one. I expect uh, – this is a preliminary one. Very few pregame hoodies during warm-up as the snow is falling in Lincoln. I would say a total of seven to ten hoodies on the field uh, nice. during pregame warm-up, number one. So you guys will have to count that up in the press box for me. Uh, and, and then number two, this may not sound too crazy or oddly specific enough, but but hang on for a second. I predict uh, Diedrich Mills will more than double his longest run of the season on a touchdown run. It will be a 40-yard touchdown run, but he will do it from the fullback position. They will break him out as a fullback again, perhaps Luke McCaffrey or Wandale Robinson as the tailback and Diedrich Mills will go up the middle 40 yards for Corey Schlesinger's number 40 in the fullback position, and Nebraskans will weep with joy. I like it. I like it. That's good stuff. And then the hoodie thing, I was going to make a joke about that too, and I, I appreciate you working that in there as well. All right, let's go to Brunts on this one. So I, at least as we record this on Thursday, it seems like the forecast is not great for Saturday's game with the Gophers. Um, potentially some snow, some lousy weather, even though, uh, you know, it's been in like the 80s this week in Lincoln. I'm predicting that Nebraska will double its number of passing touchdowns in this game. 
So I'm predicting three passing touchdowns. They're not going to be long touchdowns, but they're going to be touchdowns of the passing variety. I think you're going to see somebody, and I'm going to say Xavier Betts, take one of those little pass, the, the little quick pass okay. things uh, in for a touchdown. I think you're going to see Levi Falk uh, catch a, a touchdown. Maybe on, uh, we're going to say like an 11-yard in pattern or something like that. I, it's not going to be a, a circus catch by any means, but he's going to come open and make a catch there. And I, I think we're going to see a Wandale Robinson receiving touchdown. Again, nothing too flashy. Maybe a, a quick pass to the outside. He gets some blocking and, and he finds his way in. But I, I think it's going to be three short passing touchdowns for Nebraska to, to push their total on the season from three to six. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. BC, what do you got? Minnesota's special teams are terrible. Um, this should be a day where Nebraska's special teams are better than the other side. And Minnesota's Rare punter, game. Minnesota's punter, sort of a, as a tribute to Caleb Lightborn. Remember, it was against Minnesota where Lightborn had the punt, I believe, that uh, bounced backwards and ended up going for negative yardage. Am I correct? That's correct. That? that seems fair. It was like a negative two-yard punt. Minnesota will have uh, a 14-yard punt in this game. It'll be one of those punts where it goes – everybody's just like, where'd the ball go? And the ref will – you know when the ref, like, has no idea where to spot it on a punt? That's so he's bad. Walking, he's walking. He's just kind of walking, and he's kind of yep. like, oh, should I stop yet? No, 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 okay. He keeps going. And they'll eventually settle as a 14-yard punt. We'll all get a good chuckle out of it. And uh, Nebraska will score a touchdown on that drive, perhaps with Diedrich Mills from the fullback position. I like it. I like it. All right. So I was, as I said with, with Jack, I was going to do something with hoodies as well for the pregame. I actually thought that just to try to draw the ire of Scott Frost more, PJ Fleck was going to instruct his gopher team to all come out wearing hoodies on Saturday, <laughs> uh, just for warmups alone. And then maybe even have a special message on them to Nebraska. I'm not entirely sure what that message might be. But beyond that, my specific prediction for this game, I think Nebraska is going to have two plays that are longer than their season yard, uh, their, their season long for, for individual yard play, which I think goes back to the first game on that Luke McCaffrey 47-yard touchdown, or not touchdown, 47-yard run against Ohio State. I don't think Nebraska's had a longer play than that. I think that they're going to have a 60-yard play on Saturday. And they're going to have a 70-yard play on Saturday. I expect Jeez. Nebraska's offense will have some big moments in it. Uh, we've seen that against the Gophers before. And I'm going to say that one of those plays is from Wandale Robinson. No big surprise there. The other one, Xavier Betts on the aforementioned pop pass that they like to do around the corner. He catches it. He runs with it. He has great vision. Xavier Betts has a 72-yard touchdown wow. catch on Saturday against minnesota all right pick the click and a prediction jack who's a player you expect to play well and then give us your score prediction on saturday one of my favorite things to watch this year has happened a few times for the nebraska defense and that's when damian daniels kind of just slithers in between the center and the guard and he is in the backfield right as the running back takes his first few steps and damian essentially for lack of a better term just eats the player in front of him uh, I think this sounds like a Damian Daniels-type game. I think he's really improved his play the last couple of weeks. I think Minnesota's going to try and pound it. I think this team, this defensive line, 
is going to be really motivated to continue to shut down the run. I know nose tackles in a 3-4 don't pile up stats, but this is going to be a big game tackle-wise, TFL-wise for Damian Daniels. It'll be really good. All right, what's your score? I'm going to go – I'm going to – I think Nebraska puts up a lot of points in this one. I don't know how much the weather – plays in though so I'll be a little conservative about this but I think this is finally the game Nebraska you don't have that moment as a Nebraska fan where you say here we go and I start tweeting uh, sadly about what a bad day it's going to be I think they do it this time let's say Nebraska 38 Wisconsin 13 or excuse me Minnesota 13 Minnesota sorry you worked in an oddly specific prediction there for yourself no sad Jack Mitchell tweets yes no sad tweeting which everyone would appreciate yeah. All right, Brian, what do you got? Yeah, uh, pick to click. He's not going to be in there all the time. It'll be mostly Adrian's show. But I think they'll put in Luke sort of like they did against Iowa for a series or two. And I keep waiting for McCaffrey to have that crouch kind of run. He's been close where they've got him basically by his shoestrings a couple times. And he hasn't broken it all the way I think he's going to do that this time he's going to break like a 54 yard touchdown or something um, when when he gets his opportunity so I think McCaffrey won't play as much but he'll make a splash play against that bad run defense my score prediction is Nebraska 38 Minnesota 24 I know we don't know what exactly the Gophers are coming in with but um, I don't want to I honestly don't want to go beyond 14 points right now with Nebraska. And let's, let's just see if they can handle some success here and uh, prove that. All right, Brunt. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Adrian Martinez still is my, uh, my pick to click. I think he's playing decent football right now. He's, in, he's bounced back well from being benched. Um, I, I think he's going to have a good game. Uh, I think he kind of has to, to get to the, uh, three touchdowns passing that I mentioned earlier. Still not ready to trust Nebraska to cover a, cover a spread. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a white knuckler, maybe late Minnesota, maybe adds a late touchdown. I'm going to go Nebraska 36. So they get past the magical 35 number, Minnesota 28. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Xavier Betts. I think that he will lead Nebraska in receiving on Saturday, courtesy of that giant, reception that he'll have he'll have a few other ones in there he'll go over 100 yards and I struggle with the score on this as well I want to put up a lot of points but that weather Nebraska hasn't been a great bad weather team uh, so I, I'm probably going to go a little bit lower um, than what I, I would have guessed earlier in the week I'm going to go 34-20 here I like Nebraska uh, by about two touchdowns I do think it's a pretty safe win on Saturday but that also feels like famous last words all right. Uh, any final thoughts from our special guest, Jack Mitchell, as we ride off into the sunset here on another Husker Hypecast? You know, I, I, I like um, Brunson's uh, specific prediction about the, the, the longest uh, plays of the year for a couple of players. It, it made me think back real quick, that McCaffrey run, that 47-yard run, which is the longest play of the year, right, at this point, that was like the second or third play from scrimmage yeah. of the entire season. Like if you would go back to my state of mind at that point and I said, oh, my goodness, this offense is going to be crazy this year. Both of these guys, we have so much of this in store for it. And you would have come up to me and said, Jack, that was the high point in yards gained per year. You just saw it two plays into the season. I would have been very disappointed. So I'm hopeful he's right. I'm hopeful the Nebraska offense can 
um, can kind of get going here and, and show off some of the things that um, we thought have been there. And, uh, you know, it, it, hopefully it's a, it's, a, it's a real moment here where you have a get-right game for Nebraska against Minnesota, who I don't know how bad they want to be here for, uh, for Saturday. Before we, well, before we go, can we get a, a bonus prediction from Jack on Nebraska and Creighton, which will take place on Friday night? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I it is. Oh boy, I'm I'm a little scared about Friday night, guys. I'm a little scared about Friday night, uh, uh, Wednesday night against, and I guess tonight for those who are listening. Um, the Georgia Tech game was not pretty. This, this Nebraska basketball team, it's 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 going to be one of those deals where they lose games they shoot themselves out of games that they should win but there's still going to be some games this year that they shoot themselves into um i guess that that could probably it but i'm going to say uh, my my true expectation on this game is creighton by 13 to 15 i think that's fair i think that is fair all right everybody can get all the coverage in the nebraska creighton game the nebraska minnesota game We'll have another podcast after that game, the, the Nebraska-Minnesota one on Saturday. Unless if Brunch really wants to do a solo podcast after Nebraska Creighton, he's more than welcome. Uh, <laughs> we, we should have plenty plenty of stuff available for, for fans throughout the weekend. Be sure to check out Husker247.com. Jack, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will be back on Saturday. More coverage, more podcasts with Husker247.